So today, we want to look at spiritual kwashioko. Let me begin with a very important scripture, John chapter 3, from the verse 3 to the verse 8. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these, thing, these things, these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said, most assuredly, assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel at what I said to you. You must be, bo you must be born again. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it. But it cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit so jesus in a very important conversation and this is what gave rise to the born again movement in a very important conversation with a religious leader of the time a pharisee very regarded respected religious leader known as um, nicodemus came to jesus and began to praise jesus told Jesus about the fact that he believes that Jesus has come from God and that the signs were there, the miracles and the signs and wonders that Jesus performed was a clear indication that Jesus had come from God. But Jesus' response was astonishing. In most cases, when we are praised for doing something good, we are taking off our feet and we will engage in that line of conversation. But Jesus knowing his calling, his mission, his target, and why he was on earth, changed the conversation. His answer to the man was, unless a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. He didn't talk about the miracles. He did not talk about the signs and wonders. Immediately, Jesus was preaching the gospel. Unless you are born again, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Then, the man, being a religious leader, for so many years, had not heard the term born again. So he queries Jesus. How can an old man like me go back into my mother's womb and be born again? 
Jesus said, no, 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 I'm not talking about physical birth. I'm talking about spiritual birth. I'm talking about your spirit being born again. But why would Jesus teach along these lines? Why would Jesus talk about being born again? It is very crucial, very important that we understand this. There are many, many people in church today who have no understanding of what it means to be born again. So Jesus goes ahead to say, it is the birth of the spirit. That which is it's just like the wind blowing. You don't have to understand how it takes place. You know that there's a wind. You don't know where it's coming from. And you don't know where it's going. But you feel it. You feel that there is a wind. It's trying to say that's how born again is. It's a birth in the spirit. The eyes cannot see it. But you can feel it if you are born again. So how does one get born again? One gets born again when you accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. And ask him to forgive your sins. But why must you be born again? You must be born again because Adam sinned. And as a result of Adam sinning, sin came into the world. Every human being that was born as a result of a man and a woman coming together, you were born a sinner. You don't sin, you are, you are not a sinner because you sinned. You sin because you are a sinner. Are you here? So you were born a sinner. Now, when you are born a sinner, it means that your spirit is dead because your spirit cannot communicate with God. Now, when somebody dies physically, you can hit the person, call the person, the person will not respond. When, you're, when you sin against God, your spirit also dies and your spirit cannot communicate with God. So for your spirit to come back to life, you have to accept Jesus. And when you accept Jesus, that dead spirit is giving back birth to again. It is so spiritual and it's such a mystery that Jesus said the only way he could explain to the man was that, you see the way you feel the wind and yet you can't see it. You don't know where it's coming from and you don't know where it is going. That is the same way. You can say it's coming from the east, but where from the east? Where did it start from before it got here? You can say it's going to the west, but where will it end in the west? So Jesus is saying, being born again is not some, it's something you feel. It's not something you see, but something you feel. You feel that having accepted Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, something has changed in your life. Something has taken place in your life. There is a sudden change in your life. And you can feel it. Your attitude, your behavior, the way you talk, the way you do things have changed. But you see, that change alone is not enough. Now you are a baby in the spirit. You must now grow. You must now grow. You are a baby in the spirit. 
and you must now grow. How do you grow? It is not every baby that grows healthy. You can go, at least the community I grew up in, there used to be young boys and girls with big stomach, sick, everyday crying. So they have to take them to public health meetings. There were public health gatherings, we used to call weigh-in. You take them every month. They are given drugs, they are weighed to see whether they are growing or not. And they are, they are given some food to be eating. When you don't get proper food to eat, you see, in life, what keeps us alive is food. But what also kills us the most is food. It depends on the kind of food you are eating. In the realms of the spirit, what keeps you alive is the spiritual food you eat. What keeps you healthy is the spiritual food you eat. It's the same this spiritual food if it is not well delivered, not well cooked, not well baked, not well preached. It can also kill your spirit. It can, the spiritual work can either help you grow, the spiritual food can either help you grow or you come to that place where growth does not take place anymore. So you can be in the kingdom of God for so many years and remain the same. No significant growth in your life. No significant development in your life. Your love for God is not growing. Your love for prayer is not growing. Your love for evangelism is not growing. You, you are just the same. You are just the same. The same prayer life. The same Bible study life. The same person. The same complaint. The same memory. They don't visit me. They don't do this. They don't love in the church. And I was in need and nobody. The same thing you entered the church with. You are the same. The same. There haven't been any development. If that is the case, then you are said to be suffering from kwashioko. Are you here with me? Now let me show you how you can grow. First Peter chapter 2 and the verse 2. New King James Version. The Bible says, as newborn babies so when you become a bo become born again you are a newborn baby desire the pure milk of the word that ye may grow by now now when you study the bible the bible talks about meat i want to talk about strong meat so we have the pure milk of the word we have them we have meat of the word and we have the strong meats of the world of the word I am not going to focus on the meat and the strong. My focus is on the milk. Now, a few years ago, public health officials now say children can live on only breast without water or any food for six months. And children are doing it. And understand they get healthier, better. You, you know, 
So you just live on the children, live on the milk, and it supplies everything the child needs to grow. Now, I'm going to show you certain topics that I believe that it is the milk of the word. At least for our church, that is the pure milk of the word. That everybody must desire to know and to study and to understand. Are, are you here? And, and to get a clear understanding of it. After tonight, we are going to develop a small Bible study based on this. And we are going to print it for you. So, um, Pastor Constance, where are you? I need to do this. Um, let the uh, apostles help you develop it. And by Sunday, we should have at least a week-long study based on what I'm going to share with you. Now, if you don't eat this type of milk I'm going to share with you, you know, there's latogen, there is yellow carb, um, what? SMA, what? None, etc., etc. That children take. I'm going to show you. If, if you have not been taught these things, then I'm going to share here right now. Okay? If you have not been taught it, and you have not understood it, and you haven't, you haven't practiced it, then I can tell you that is the reason why your Christian life is not maturing. There is not enough time for me to go into the three key things that show that you are maturing. Maybe you will look at the scripture that says that um, when I was a child, I speak like a child. I behave like the child. Now that I'm growing up, you will see that the key things that shows that you are growing, how you speak and how you behave, your conduct in the house of God. But let me show you the sincere milk of the word. Can you see that this baby can light food power? The way he's seated and has crossed the leg. Now let me show you. Let me show you. Let me show you the six ingredients you must find in every healthy milk. Every healthy milk that is preached from the word of God. Six things you must find in it. So let us stop going over the basic teachings. I'm reading from New Living Translation. Let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ Jesus. And Christ Jesus again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil days and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. So what was the apostle saying here? He was saying that these six things I've just mentioned from this scripture are very basic things that everybody who is a Christian must have a clear understanding of these basic things. If you don't have understanding of these basic things, you are still a baby and you have not been fed well and you are suffering from kwashioko. Now, and there are pastors 
who deliberately will not teach you this. Because as far as you continue to be a baby in the Lord, it gives them the opportunity to manipulate you and to control you and to tell you what to do with your life. So, the first thing you will find in a pure milk for babies in the Lord is what we call repentance. Repentance. In fact, if you haven't heard this word before, then you are not even born again. Repentance. Now, inside repentance, repentance, a change of mind. You, you are heading somewhere and then you change your mind and you turn from there. It's called repentance. But this must have effect on your heart. Are you here? So your Christian life begins with you repenting from your sins. And inside repentance, we discuss what we call salvation. And then assurance of salvation. And then how to keep your salvation. If these things are not taught you, your Christian life will not be firm and strong. You will still remain a baby. You will suffer from kwashioko, and anybody at all, any demon at all, can push you around and handle you around and overcome you. Any attack will land because you are weak, you are infant, you are a baby, and it is dangerous to be a baby for a long time in the, in the body of Christ. You have to grow. Faith in God. Not in man, but in God. Not in, in articles. We anoint you with oil, all right. But the day I don't anoint you with oil, but pray for you, you must believe that it will work. So you don't put your faith in the oil. It's only a point of contact. Are, are you here? Do you understand? Now, and then baptisms. Baptism, these are basic things. Holy Ghost baptism and water baptism. That's, these are the things we teach at our membership class. And the Bible school we are around on Sundays, the man of God is all teaching these things. And for those of you who have been with me for a long time, you, you realize that I run Bible schools and I repeat these things. Because you have to be remembered, you have to be reminded of these things. They are important for your Christian growth. And then laying on of hands, the spiritual authority over your life, and the right for that person to lay his hands over you and bless you. One of the major transmission of blessing is through the laying of hands of, your, of the spiritual authority over your life. So you must understand spiritual authority. And then the resurrection of the dead. I think when I finish this series, the new series we'll be doing is called the Eschatology Wednesdays. Eschatology Wednesdays. Where we'll look at the end times and the resurrection of the dead when the trumpet sounds and the, the resurrection takes place. And the rapture, wow. If you miss it, that's the end of your life. 
I'll show you, I'll show you how you can miss it. And the consequences of missing it, when you get that number 666, you are finished. You are finished. So one, one day the trumpet will sound. One day all these things called church will cease. And you stand before the judgment seat of God. And you will be judged according to your deeds. Do you, do you know that it is, as they say that, they say that people who have had near-death experience, that the last few seconds before you die, everything you have done plays back to you like something. Plays back to you, plays back to you, plays back to you. All the abortions, all the concern, all the cheating, all, the, all those things will come. Then you yourself, you know, you know where you are going. When they are playing all those things, how you insulted your pastor behind him, and all, they'll be playing all those things. You yourself, you know where you are going. By the time it finishes, when you leave your body, you will know where to pass. <laughs> Listen, the, 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 for me, the rapture takes place when you die. That is the end. You can't, you see, there are some of you who feel that Jesus is not coming today. But Jesus comes when you die. That is for you, he has come already. At the point of death, when you die, you cannot ask for forgiveness of sins again. Now, do you know when the Bible says that the sin against the Holy Ghost cannot be forgiven? Do you know what that means? It is, it is, it is, it is you not... You see, the Holy Ghost convicts us of sin. So as I'm preaching now, the Holy Ghost can convict somebody of sin. The Holy Ghost can speak to you. You are sinning. Stop. The rapture is coming. The rapture is coming. Stop. If you disobey that conviction and you die, you are sinned against the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Ghost convicts you and you don't repent and you die, that sin against the Holy Spirit cannot be forgiven. Because there is no forgiveness after death. You cannot pray for the soul of the departed. It is finished. You know, all those things we do at funerals, they are just ceremonies. We pray for the soul of the departed. Receive. He's going to be with the Lord. Even when a drunkard dies, he's going to be with the Lord. A murderer is dead, he's going to be with the Lord. Everybody that dies is going to be with the Lord. The, a nice tribute will be read for you. A nice tribute will be read for you. And everybody will say how nice you are and how good you are. In December, when I had attacked, the COVID attack, if I had died, I had even my own enemies, people who speak very bad about me in church, would now say, oh, this man has helped me. Oh, this man has done this. Oh, this man did this in my life. Oh, this man did that in my life. Oh, this man did this in my life. Don't look for the praise of men today, because when you die, they will praise you. Or when you die, they will praise you. Even those who are wishing that you die, when you die, they'll say, gone too soon. So, so don't look for the praise of men now. Just serve God. Are you here? Then eternal judgment. So see, these are the things that make you grow in the Lord. When you don't hear these messages, you don't grow. You don't grow. These are the milk that will let you grow. They are the pure milk. It's a baby food in Christ. Eternal judgment. Hell. Hell. The white throne judgment. A book will be opened. Two books. Two books will be opened. Two books. One is called the book of life. The other is called the other book. 
doesn't have a name. It's called the other book. In the, in the other book, your sins and everything you have done on earth is recorded. Oh, I'm telling you, every sin you have done is recorded. The chobo is recorded. I used to, I used, I used to do chobo. Um, my father used to like this thing, the guns called shitolo. You know, uh, it's, it's, a, oh, it, it's a very nice one. Since I came to Spinders Road, I've been eating some. I'm just telling you that I want shitolo. So I used to go and buy, and I think that they used to give me a, a certain amount of money to buy. Now it's so confusing to mention figures from the past. And uh, so I go there, because the figures from the past, if I mention it, it sounds too big now because of the Ghana cities. So when I go there, I was going to buy two of them, but I want to go to cinema. You see why God caught me at 14? Because before 14, I wanted to, I, I, I was a regular cinema watcher. I would dodge and go and watch cinema. So when I go and I buy, if I'm asked, for instance, if I'm asked to buy five, five CDs, I know how to go to where the five, five CDs are and negotiate and buy them for four, four CDs. I'll take my time and look through the four, four CDs ones and find some that sizes are close to the five, five CDs and buy them and get two CDs for cinema in the night. They are all written in the other book. They are there. They are there. Chobo. <laughs> they are all written. They are, they are still there. They are still there. Now, now that I'm born again, I need to make sure that I work out my own salvation with fear and trembling. So that on the judgment day, when that other book is opened and my chobo is recorded, and they want to mention it, Jesus will come and say, no, I have rubbed it with my blood. So his name is now in the book of life. They say, oh, please, we apologize. Then just, oh, please, we apologize. Go to the other side, they will open my name. Oh, Gideon Titi Offer. But actually, we all have new names. We all have new names. In heaven. So there, I, I, I don't know where the new name will be mentioned or Gideon Titi Offer will be mentioned. Then when I enter heaven, I go and get my new name. But for me, my whole life, everything I do, my name must be in that book of life. And listen, every true pastor, every true pastor, in a sermon, every sermon he preaches, one of these will come in. Repentance, faith in God, baptism, laying on of hands, resurrection, or eternal judgment. He will pass through it. These are things you need to learn. Okay? Now, when you are learning these things, it helps you to grow in the Lord. Helps you to grow in the Lord. Let me show you, I'm going to show you something I will teach you later in details. But it will help us to support my argument today. Call these things the seven T's of growth in the Lord. But when I start teaching it, I'm give you a different title. But for this, for this tonight, let me introduce you to this new thing the Lord is teaching me. So, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, the first thing that happens is something we call translation. Translation. Now, you are translated immediately 
from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son Jesus, the kingdom of light. That one takes place instantly when you get born again. Oh, I wish I have an example to give you. So let, let's say, let's say there's darkness here. Okay. And then Apostle Eric gets born again. Immediately he gets born again. He's moved from the darkness into light. Instantly. He's moved. Now let me tell you this. If you truly get born again, if you truly get born again, that instant translation, you know it. You know what happens. Immediately you are moved from darkness into light. You begin to see all your sins. How you have sold your clothes. How dirty you have become. When you are in darkness and you are dirty, you will know it. You, you, you get it? If I'm in darkness and I'm eating palm nut soup and it's falling in my white clothes, I will know it. But that's why all bad things also happen in darkness. Prostitutes come out in night because they must operate in darkness. Uh, and robbers are usually active by, by night. Those who do it by day are witches and wizards. <laughs> so, so people do a lot of things. So you are in darkness. And then they move you, translate you into the kingdom of his dear son. And then immediately you enter into light. You see how dirty you had been. So you move into what we call transition. Now, in the transition is where you are now in the light. So you see how grievous and how bad adultery is, how bad alcohol is, how bad cigarette smoking is, how bad this is. So, so you see, there are some people in church, but not in Christ. So there are things we preach, they don't see how bad it is. You see how bad gossiping is. You see how bad quarreling is. You see how bad prayerlessness is. Because you are moved into light and everything bad. So in this transition, you are letting go things in your life. You are calling your boyfriend, telling your boyfriend, I never knew how sinful fornication was until I became born again. You see, <laughs> and you would do it with ease. All the sisters and the brothers who are still doing what they were doing before they started coming to church. You are in church, you are not in Christ. This transition period eh, is where you, you, you are getting rid of a lot of things. And uh, within the transition period, you are even ashamed that you ever did it. Are you here? You are even ashamed that you ever did it. You know why you are ashamed? Because you see, born again, when you get born again and you enter into a relationship with God, it changes your status. Let me give an example. There was a village that had a lot, a lot of prostitutes. And then the king passed a law that prostitution was banned. So now, the other prostitutes became former prostitutes. And as former prostitutes, there were always the tendency to go back. When things get difficult, they'll go underground and do their prostitution. But then the king 
married one of the prostitutes, former prostitutes. Immediately the king married her, she became a queen. She didn't become a former prostitute because she stopped the prostitution and got into a relationship. That changed her status. So while the others were former prostitutes who could easily go back and do the prostitution, she had become the queen. And she had even regretted she was ever a prostitute. And didn't even want anyone to know that she was ever a prostitute. Because the relationship with the king has changed her status. Are, are you here? So, so for her, the transition was easy. But for the other former prostitutes, the transition was not easy. They go underground to prostitute themselves and come back. The other former prostitutes. But if you are truly born again, your relationship with God changes your status. You become a child of God. So fornication is below you. Adultery is below you. Stealing is below you. You know, you expect a Kufuado's children to behave. So others can be misbehaved. And you ignore them, but you expect the good father's children to behave. In this church, you expect my children to, me, to behave. The bar is raised for them. And they also feel that because they are my children, people have expectations of them. So a true relationship with Christ will change you and it will help you in your transition. How to get rid of friends, how, to, how not to be equally yoked with unbelievers. It becomes very easy because you are in light. So these are my friends. You suddenly realize how bad your friends were. Hey, so this guy used to be my friend. So here, in the light, and you are transitioning. Then the next level of growth is transformation. That starts with the mind. The renewal of the mind. Hearing God's word. This is also a process. This is a process. You see, it's a process of you wanting to be like Christ. A sinner wanting to be a saint. So, you are hearing God's word. And your mind is getting renewed. And your mind is getting renewed. And your mind is getting renewed because the battle is going to be in the mind. Satan is going to speak to your mind. This boyfriend, you are stopped. You are, you are setting you. This way, you are stopped smoking. Can't you see how you are suffering? This boy, you are not going out with again. See how lonely you are. Now you look like a small boy. A big boy like you. Now you are, you are a gatekeeper in the church. Now look at what they are doing to you. Now look at, Satan will put all these things in your mind. But you have to hear God's word consistently and hear god's word and hear god's word it is, it is like when we those of you you understand this but we used to have cassette tapes and the cassette tapes were music on it so so if you go and buy reggae and you change your mind that you don't like reggae again now you want high life all you have to do is to rub the reggae of the cassette tape and record high life on it that's how the renewal of the mind is. Take that junk out of your mind and put in the word of God. Okay? It's, it's, it's a level of growth. If you become born again and you have been in the kingdom for some time and your mind is not like that of Christ and you don't think like Christ, 
Your mind is not renewed. The word of God is not having an impact on your mind. Your thinking is not influenced by God's word. Your decisions are not influenced by God's word. Then there's something wrong with you. Here, people are beginning to notice that changes are coming in your life. This, this, this guy is now good old. Look at this guy, pa. Even in the office, everybody is saying, hey, Charlie, what happened to this guy? Since Chelsea won the Champions League, he has changed. Hey, the, the, the thing has humbled him, pa. But he's not that one. It's not that one. You have become born again. They are just looking for a reason. They are, they are surprised that you have changed. They are surprised that you have changed. Oh, I know those who went to gather somewhere wishing Chelsea to lose. But after we won, called me to congratulate me as if they are with me. Hmm. That she was the leader of that group. Hmm. 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 See, so, so there must be a gradual progression towards looking like Jesus. Because you see, so you enter into the light. And now you are walking towards the light. And the closer you are getting to the light, the more you are seeing yourself. The more you are seeing how dirty you are. The more you are seeing. You see, the brightness of this light is not enough to show everything. But as you are getting closer to other lights, and getting closer, and getting closer, and getting closer with Jesus, as you are getting closer to him, you are getting rid of things, and you are getting transformed. So you cannot be the same equia. Or the same Kwame. Or the same Appenting. Who was and is and shall be. No. No, 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 no. You must see something has changed. Now the next level of your growth. Is what we call transfiguration. This is where now. You are beginning to look like Jesus. You are beginning to look like Jesus. And people are beginning to see Jesus in you. His love is expressed by you. His, his words are expressed by you. His thoughts are expressed by you. Now people are sitting there and say, Ah, they say, They are seeing the real impact. They are seeing the real impact of you being born again. And it's important my friends, because you can't be a Christian and remain the same person. But this is, these are the things, you see, this is I'm teaching you, eh? this is where miracles are embedded and testimonies are embedded. Because you see, miracles and testimonies are not as a result of prayer, they are byproducts of you seeking the kingdom. I am a miracle, I am a miracle. I am such a miracle that people are amazed to see what God is doing with my life and in my life. My story is such a miraculous story. So you become like Christ. Everybody begins to see Jesus in you. Then from there you go to transference. Now the Jesus in you carry it on to someone. One of the most important definitions of evangelism that, I, that was what the one Madame Teresa gave said that evangelism is, is sharing Jesus from your heart to someone's heart. If he's tru, truly in your heart, 
you should be able to put it in, this, in your other person's heart. Now, brother, brother Benson, do you know that do you know that you can love somebody I love when you have not even met the person by the good things I will say about the person to you? You, you get it? So, so you, you hear me saying good things about the person, good things about the person, good things about the person, and then you fall in love with the person. I have transferred the love I have about the person to you. You know you can also hate somebody you have not even met. But if I hate the person, by passing on that hatred in my heart, also to you. So it's a transference of hatred or transference of love. You get it? <laughs> you, you get it? That is the same way if Christ is truly in your heart, you should transfer Christ from your heart to another person's heart. So your friends you work with in the office should by now be scolding you or suffer. Because the least thing you are talking about, the love of Jesus. Or if you fall in love with someone, don't you talk about the person. You talk about the person. I grew up among a lot of young Christian guys. Anytime one catches a fiancé, hey, look for the other brothers. That time there were no telephone and that thing. Somebody will walk from Audumi Estates to Adabraka just to come and tell me, Charlie, Sister Susu and so has agreed to my proposal. And she has become my beloved. Like a real walk from here to Achim Odan. Just to go and propose to a woman. No? If you look at his shoe right now, the shoe has become eroded. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The shoe, the shoe is eroded. Totally eroded. He walked. <laughs> oh, I used, to, I used to walk a long distance from um, Adabraka to, to North Kaneshi Dance Bar just to go and chase mommy. The one I get to Dance Bar area, I clean my shoe, find a place to wash my face, all the dust off my body and everything. Then buy yogurt. Because if, if I hadn't walked, I couldn't have bought a yogurt. One yogurt wrapped in lotto paper. Then I'll say, don't look at the gift. Look at the heart behind the gift. The love that is giving you this gift. And when I fell in love with that, I told all my friends, that I'm in love with a girl. And for the two years that mommy bounced me and I wasn't seeing her, I didn't know how to see her. I still told people that I was in love with this girl. She's the only girl I want to marry. And I'll bow meet, meet her one day. And I should tell people, so, so, if you truly love him, you will transfer him. The next level of your Christian growth, the next level of your is what we call transparency. This is where you become the light of the world. People see Christ through you. Oh, you are such a transparent Christian that Christ can be seen in you. You become the light of the world wherever you are. That the final level of growth is called transcription. This way now you become the walking word. The walking Bible. Most Christians, when I teach these things, eh, I'll support them with scriptures and I'll, I'll give you the number of years. But do you know that most Christians are left here? We never get to transformation. We are here. We are at the transition. We are born again. We are in church. Everything remains the same. Everything remains the same. 
the same quick-temperedness, the same boyfriend, the same girlfriend, the same um, behavior, the same work that has not glorified God, everything, the same. And yet we are born again. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. The old is gone, the new has come. Are you here? Have I helped you? If you are not seeing these things in your life, you are suffering from kwashioko. Number four, let me conclude on this one called spiritual lameness. And look at this statement. Because if you miss this introductory statement, you will understand what I'm teaching. In Christianity, the only time you are not lame is when you are walking by faith or in the spirit. If your walk is taught by faith or your walk is taught in the spirit, you are a lame Christian. You see, the Christian life is a race. But until you can walk, you cannot run. Are you here? In Christianity, the only time you are not lame is when you are walking by faith or walking in the spirit. So, walking by faith. So, two things, walking by faith. You need to walk by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. So, what does walking by faith mean? And this is, now, take this from me. I want to define faith this way. And this is our church position on faith. At least for this series. Hebrews 6, Hebrews 11 verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hear this. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him or who earnestly seek him. Do you know why I came here to live in an uncomfortable building? Because I believed that God exists. I heard from him. And it's a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Do you know why you can't pay tight? It's because you don't believe God exists. And you don't believe that he's a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Do you know why you don't do evangelism? Because you don't believe God exists. You talk about God, but you don't believe he's a, he exists. And that he rewards those who diligently and earnestly seek him. Because if you believe, you will earnestly and diligently seek him. Who is, not, who is not motivated by rewards? Who is not motivated by rewards? If you like, let me announce that Sunday morning, all those who will come to the Bible school and you reach here at 7 a.m., exactly, I will give you 1,000 Ghana cities. Some will come at 4 a.m. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some will come at 4 a.m. Because human beings are motivated by rewards. And if you truly believe that he is and is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him, I'm telling you, you'll be motivated to serve him. Too motivated to serve him. Too motivated to serve him. I'm preaching the gospel to you. I'm telling you. You see, the way you are relaxed and you don't do anything for God, you are not an usher 
one of the protocol officer, you don't join the evangelism team, you don't pay tight, you don't do anything, you are not a query star, you are not a prayer warrior, you are not, I mean, you, you are virtually nothing. And even if you are something, the way you do it, if a protocol officer, the time you come to church, I sometimes arrive before some ushers or protocol officers come to church, and it surprises me. I arrive, I sit in my car out there, and I see some coming in. And I ask myself, so do they know? And they're even little, but they're coming like this. You, you understand? Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. There are a lot, lot, lot of things we do because we don't believe that God is a rewarder. Your faith level is questionable. You don't believe that he's a rewarder. You don't believe that he's a rewarder. I told you two dreams mommy had when we got married. The first dream, just before our wedding, she got a job. And so they agreed that, okay, finish the wedding, go on honeymoon one week and come. So she got a job in the week of our wedding. And it's okay, go to the wedding. How long is the one, uh, honeymoon? We say one week. Because we didn't even know where we were going. We did a honeymoon at Ankafo Medical, um, Ankafo Mental Hospital. A friend of mine was a nurse there. So he had some two rooms, some two rooms. We went there. The first food mommy cooked for me at our uh, honeymoon was Kobe light soup. Uh, yeah, Kobe light soup. <laughs> it's a rudder of them who diligently seek him indeed. Hey, 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 like, like, where will I be? Like, hey. It's a rudder of them who diligently seek him. So, what did I do? So, we went for the honeymoon. We came back. The night before mommy was to go and start the work, she had a dream. That when she got there, the people said she was late. And they gave her an envelope and told her that she should go and distribute what is on the envelope. When she finished, she should come for the job. I, I said, what was in the envelope in the dream? When she it was a gospel tract. I said to her, they will tell you that you're not getting the job. Don't, don't get worried. Then we have been transferred to Teshin to go and pastor there. And the church didn't have a housing policy. So I was living with a cousin of mine at Kolebu. I also rented a boy, some boys' quarters and were there, were sleeping at the hall. And she really needed that job. When she went, they told, Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. We gave the job at someone. We said, Thank God. God revealed it to us. Finally, I went to borrow money from my father in law to go and complete an uncompleted building. And when I say complete, it means that it means that uncompleted complete. <laughs> and we stayed inside. We're there. Then, uh, Tashi had a, an MP called Ajay Boy Second. He's, he's gone to, he's dead. And Ajay Boy Second wanted a secretary. So he went to one of our church members. The woman had very nice ladies. So I want one of your daughters to be my secretary. But then they told her that, no, no, no. Our pastor is suffering because the wife is not working. The church is small. And when they see the way mommy and I were suffering, food no food and other things they they recommended bobby so we went to see a j boy's account so oh, no problems 
No problems. The office will be ready this date, so she should get ready to start work. The night before she was to go. As she was going, she, had, she said in a dream, the night before she was to go, she had a dream. In the dream, a tree has fallen by the way on the road as she was going. People could easily pass. She could not. Finally, when they got a chance to pass by the tree and got there, a J-boy can say, oh, sorry, sorry. Um, take this. Go and distribute it. When you come back, I'll give you the job. When she, wo- when she opened it, gospel tracts a second time. I said, when you go to this place, I don't give the job. No job again. Let's work for God. She went. No job. Let's work for God. We're in church. We started a church with 11 people in one brother's room. By the time we're leaving, we have built a church to almost 60 to 80 in two years. I tell you, people know how difficult she is. And I was, I was 24. She was 22. We're there. Working for the law. Working for the law. Working for, because we believed. We believed. That he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. And we sought him and sought him and sought him very well. All we did was prayer, fasting, evangelism, follow up, preaching, uh, preaching. Mommy will lead the praise, I will preach. We did this for two years. Then I told the sister, I was appointed a dean of a Bible school. I thought, I thought, I thought, oh. They're not even paying me. I'm telling you, they're not even paying me. But I, I just love the Lord. I just knew that He's a rewarder of them who diligently seek Him. So, what of them who diligently seek Him? Today, God has been so good. I can see the reward. So, can I tell you something? If you truly have faith, if you truly believe that God is, and one day He will reward you, serve Him earnestly. Not pasha, 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 pasha. If you're not walking by faith, you are a lame Christian. The only thing that makes you stand is faith. And you must walk by faith. Okay, so let me see the next one. So, can I see the next slide? Okay, so let me see the levels of commitment. If you are truly, truly walking by faith, I'll show you the levels of commitment. See, in this church, eh? So they started counting from here. I wasn't there when they were designing it, but it's a nice counting. The first time I see that we come from, we can't like this. So let's start from here. No, the, the okay, so the counting is opposite. Let's start from seven. It was so seven is supposed to be one. So let's start from seven. So seven is the crowd. In every church, in every church, eh, there is a crowd. The crowd comes to church and goes out. We don't know them. They're not even made up their mind they are going to stay here. They are looking. Oh, I like to your first teaching. That's why I go to that place. But I'm not sure I want to be part of the church. So they see one advert. Oh, your first is going to teach on this, this Sunday. Let me go and listen. And we have people like that. They don't belong to any church. Every Sunday, they choose a church to visit. They are part of the crowd. You can't rely on them. You can't depend on them. And then from the crowd, there is a congregation. These are people who say, we are members. For them, they are members. We know they are members, but they are only members by words. They are, not, they are not in any department. They don't serve anywhere. They don't pay tithe. They don't give offering. They come to church late. Nobody knows them. But if anything happens to them, you have to explain to some people, oh, see this brother? He's tall, fair, this. Once your pastor 
is trying to describe you to another member of the church, you know that you are a congregation member. You are not listed. The, the next one is the committed. Now, these people, eh, they are committed. They are in departments. But that's how far they will go. Apart from being in departments and knowing that they are there, they are members of the church and all those things, they are there. You, you can't depend on them for anything. They can sing in the choir. They can be in the prayer warrior. They can be doing something. They are committed. But you won't get their tithe. You won't get their offering. You, get, you can't push them. Oh, the church has... Um, Funeral, we are going. Okay, let them go and come. Okay, we are praying for you. We are backing you. Just evangelism. We are backing you. That's their level. And then there is a convicted. The convicted is somebody who enters into a church with a rumor that God told me to come to this church and that he has a work for me in this church and that I'm going to do something in this church and that through this church a miracle will happen. One lady came to work for me. She said that I've tried everything the Lord said, I should come and work for you. And for the short time I'll work for you, I'll find my bearings in life. Today, she works as one of the top women in one of the organizations. So she came to work for me based on the conviction. And so you, you see her, the way she worked, eh? she worked over time, she worked, she did a lot of work. I could leave the office and I didn't care whether something would go wrong because she was always there. She was there with the conviction. For instance, I had to force Pastor Kocha to go to a branch. Because Pastor Kocha told me that God told him when he entered the church, I brought you here to serve this man. I brought you here to serve this man. Finish. So when I told him, I'm taking you to World Trade Center, he said, okay, as far as you are coming there to preach, fine, I'll be there, I want to serve you. But when I told him that now go to your place, Doonia, he said, no, daddy, God didn't call me to be a pastor. Didn't call me to be a branch pastor. He called me to serve you. So I want to be around you and serve you. I said, yeah, the person you are serving, I said, go and serve me there. <laughs> it's another form of service. And the wife is always sitting here when you are passing. Sometimes mommy, mommy will look at you and say, mommy, there she has a soft heart. Oh. Honey, this man is getting too tired. Look, we're passing the morning was here and he said, the workers are not around. He's getting too tired. I said, what is your business? What is your beef in this? The man has a certain conviction. The man has a certain conviction. Let him live by his conviction. Let him live by his conviction. Why do you, don't, don't go and sympathize with him and try to soften his zeal. He will miss his miracle. He will miss his anointing. He will miss his something. He's doing something based on conviction. And when you see people in church who are doing things based on conviction, you know. Nobody can offend them. Nobody can discourage them. They are doing this thing based on conviction. This is why God brought me into this church. And this is why I am in this church. I told you before, what I had to buy houses here, to break them down, and to put this one here, could buy me, oh, I was just going to move into another place, could buy me acres of land. And I would have had enough money to order. So the plan was, go there, order, double this tent, build Joshua leadership residency there. The money was enough to have Joshua and pay them for two to three years. Give them the stipend for two to three years. Get hundred young people as pastors and take them there and invade the community for evangelism. Teach them 
feed them. You have 100 people, at least the students are 100 who come to church on Sunday. And they'll bring souls on Sundays to go there, move there, move there, move there. Then the Lord said to me, remember I brought you here for a purpose. You are not on the sprinter's road on your own. So you see, I'm here by conviction. That's why he's blessing me. I'm here by conviction. Who are you? Are you, are you here by conviction? Are you in this church by conviction or by convenience? You know some people will live here and go to Kaswa for church? It's conviction. It's conviction. God has called you to do something in this church. The least thing you have offended. The least thing you offended. The least thing you offended. You have no conviction. You have no conviction. There is no conviction in your heart for what you are doing. So if somebody comes to you trying to talk to you about his pains and other things, say, brother, everybody's offended. Everybody's wounded. We are a group of people working together. But we are here. We are, we are bandaging our wounds. And we are serving the Lord because of conviction. Because of conviction. <laughs> because of conviction. I used to, in my Tashi church, I was pastoring. I used to have people who come to tell me, because I didn't know how much the church was earning. I was not supposed to know. When I will finish, the money goes to wherever it's supposed to go. Someone one day came and said, the way you are suffering, do you know how much money you are making here? You are suffering. The way you are suffering. But I had a conviction that this man is my spiritual father. He's the one I should serve. He's the one I should serve. Are you here? Do you have a conviction? You must have a conviction. And then, and then there is the, uh, the core. You see, the core are people in church that you can depend on for anything. You can depend on them for anything. Do you know, do you know that there are some services there? Eh? When I say, like the 21, the, the seven-day fast we are going to do from 21st, I know that at least, at least there are a minimum number that will show up. Those, they are the core. There's a minimum number that will fast and show up. For, that, for those people, I don't think, I don't worry my head over them. They are the core. You can build. They are more like disciples. You can build a church around them. You can decide that I'm transferring you, a group of you, to, to the north to go and start a church. They will go. They are the core. They are people you can depend on. They are people you can call midnight and they wake up and come. There are some people, you, they are, these are the people you can call and say, where are you? Say, Daddy, I'm around. Can, can you come here right now? They'll leave everything they are doing and come around. Are, are you here? They'll leave everything. But all these are levels of, your level of commitment is based on your work of faith. Though. Your work of faith. He's a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. See, level of faith. So I want you, and then the cord. Now, the cord, these are people who believe God has called them into ministry. There's some people in this church, eh? They believe God has called them, and that's why they are here. They are here for me to prepare them. They had to sit under me. Oh, I met people who said, Oh, that, that is what you started years ago. I used to come to church. Some of them have come for ordination. He said, that period was where my ministry was born. God called me and I needed a man of God. And I used to come. 
and then they chose him. There's some people where God chose them for this church. And their level of commitment is serious. So you, you need to know your level of commitment. You need to know who are you, where are you, where are you in these seven levels? Where are you? Where are you? And where you are is expression of your faith. Your belief in God. So in conclusion, finally, go to the next slide. God, Christian, you have to walk in the spirit. If you are not lame, I said there are, if you are not walking in the spirit or you are not walking in faith, you are lame. The last one is a walk in the spirit. So Galatians 5.16. This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, a walk in the, in the spirit is manifested in what we call the fruit of the spirit. If you are walking in the spirit, you will see that you will be bearing the fruit of the spirit, which is in Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. So let me show you something. This is the last slide. Thank you for joining me in the service. Please, anybody walking in the spirit, these things will be seen in your life. If you are walking in the spirit, if you are growing in the spirit, these things will be seen in your life. These things will be seen in your life. The first thing you see is love. I don't love those who love you. You, you even love those who hate you. You even love those who hate you. You know the person hates you, but you are loving the person back. And the person is surprised that you are loving him back or her back. Can I tell a story of a, of a man, one of the biggest men of God, who ever walked on the surface of the earth? The man told the wife not to go to church again. And the woman went to church. When the woman came, he beat the woman and put the woman outside. He was drunk. It was a winter night. It was a winter night. He put the woman out in the winter. When she woke up in the morning, she said, what have I done? I've killed my wife. I pushed my wife out into the winter like this. What have I done? So he opened the door. When he opened the door, the woman was there. The woman was smiling. Good morning. Good morning, honey. What would you eat for breakfast? The woman walked in, went to the kitchen, started preparing breakfast. The man was like, What? Instead of calling the police on me, instead of doing something, he's going to the kitchen. By the evening, the woman was ready to go to church. Honey, I see you, I'm going to church. You know what the man said? So I'm coming with you. I'm coming with you. There is no powerful message about Christ than sharing the love of Christ with other people. Loving those who don't love you. You see, the thing about the fruit of the Spirit is that when you have not love, you are not short of joy. You are not short of joy. You are not short of joy. You are not short of joy because agape love carries joy. 
And when you have joy, it comes with peace. It comes with peace. And peace comes also with what we call forbearance. Your ability to tolerate others suffer long. <laughs> From their kindness, everybody who, who is working in the spirit is kind. And the forbearance that, that means long suffering. Everybody working in the spirit can long suffer and is good and above all. The person is faithful. So today I've done two things. I've tried to, to share with you and to let you understand. Two key things. Can we go back to where I started from? Two key things. And don't forget, keep this at the back of your mind. No, please. Go, go to number three. Try to show you how to eat and drink the milk to grow. And I'll show you how to deal with lameness. Next week, I'll complete on these seven diseases. And then the following week, I'll share with you on the prescriptions that you need to live healthy in the spirit so you don't get sick again. God bless you. Thank you for spending your night with me.